0: Everybody, welcome to today, and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. Today's hero is Brett Collwood. Brett is a super prolific writer and expert on our most favorite time and place in history, the MC5 and Stooges era Detroit. It's pretty funny. We read and were obsessed with his book, sonically speaking, and didn't even realize he was the same human as the Brett that wrote the book. If you love rock and roll and especially Detroit as much as we do? Go check out all his books. They are essential. And now, please welcome to your head and heart, Brad Colwood. Hi.
1: <laughs> How you doing?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Um, I wanna just just start off by saying that um, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I didn't even know you were you when I became a fan of yours, which is pretty like, this is the first time that's ever happened where I can't remember the exact like sequence of events, but basically your MC5 book, like is the best. I love it. I read it. The cover is so cool too. So it's just like such a, it's like, it's burned in my mind and it's just, you know, I see it all the time. uh, Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Thank you. But so it's like, I know your name, I've seen it um, for years, or a year, or whatever it is, the amount of time I had it. Um, and then and then I knew that you worked at the LA Weekly, so I saw your name, because you wrote us, um, and I kind of was like, that name sounds familiar, but it's probably because <laughs> he works at, you know, whatever, your local rag. Um, and right. then, but then I guess it was in some, like, Facebook group or something, either you shared the book or somebody else shared the book
1: I, it wouldn't have been me it's usually yeah. somebody else who finally who like discovers it the book the book's a bit of a slow burner you know that thing where you work on something really am i am i clear you work on something really hard and uh and then people slowly discover it over time which is nice that's kind of nice i take it as a compliment that you didn't necessarily i don't my job isn't to be front and center, right? My job's to tell other people's stories. So I like the idea that people are reading and don't necessarily know who I am. That's not the end game. But they're, they're enjoying the work regardless and discovering bands and stuff. That's the end game.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, you did such a great job um, with Thank that you. book and the Stooges book. Um, but yeah, it's just such a weird thing to visually know your name um, and... <laughs> yeah to be honest people are reading the book because of the mc5 and or detroit or whatever um perhaps politics uh but, but um it's yeah it's just so weird to me that that i just found out about it in a reverse way um and then i was just like oh my god i can't believe it and then you know and then you also and then just looking back at your kind of history of Being a a journalist, I think journalism is super cool. Um, And yeah, and you're just, you're an expert on uh, what to me is like one of the top three most important things in the whole wide world, which is Detroit at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you are a hero. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, And I guess maybe uh, the first question I have is like, how do you go from being a normal person that loves music so much, obviously to getting to write like two super powerful, super important books about the coolest time in history, about the coolest bands in the world.
1: Yeah, that's naivety and, (laughs) and, and, and and the, the, I don't know, the um, enthusiasm of you. I, I was, I was writing for so I'm English and I was writing in England for Kerrang magazine. So cool. Um, a lot of heavy metal magazines, uh, Metal Hammer, Classic Rock. So cool. Um, people like that. Yeah. And it, it gets to a point where um, you're looking for, there's no, in this industry, there's very little in the way of a defined career path like our parents used to have where it's like yeah, yeah. you start here and you work up and then you retire. So yeah. Um, I, I it got to a point where a book was a logical move, and then it's well, who am I going to write about? You've got to you've got to find somebody that preferably hasn't been written about a lot already, um, that uh, has a decent legacy, has been around enough, and and also that you can get the people on board the 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 band members on board if you can if you can tick those three boxes you can write a book um
0: good to know (laughs)
1: right so that's that's i think that's i think that's how it was there wasn't an mc5 book around when i started writing it in 2007
0: yeah 2007
1: which is crazy Um, right there was i think there was a, a couple of little small almost coffee table sort of things. And yeah. John Sinclair, the, the former manager, John Sinclair, had written a book. Um, yeah. And since, since then, Wayne Kramer's written a book. Michael Davis wrote a book before he died. Um, but at the time, there was nothing. So I just literally just decided to do it. I got a book deal and a small advance, and I spent all the advance on trips to Detroit and then LA because two of them were living in LA. Um, and, just, and just wrote it. I just wrote it. I, and once once I was able to get the involvement of the people on board it was it wasn't difficult and then the yeah. second book the second book was the Stooges which was in some ways easier because a lot of the same people were connected right. once I had those connections in place, it was it was the same scene yeah so once I had those connections in place it wasn't difficult getting Iggy was difficult <laughs> because he was a different level to everybody in else in either of those bands but I got yeah. him and and uh and one and yeah, it it didn't feel like um like a a huge undertaking once I had the people aboard. I just went to the horse's mouth.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I think. Right. When did you, at your, point, like, have you always been a writer, and and always a music uh, a music lover, like, or?
1: Yeah, I've always been a music lover. I I was I was not always a writer. I I studied computing at school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's where the work was, right? That's where oh, the work okay. was going. So late mid to late 90s, it's like this is the way the world is going. Let's study computing because if I don't know what I want to do, I might as well be able to right, make some money.
0: That's, smart.
1: <laughs> that's what I, that's what I did. I got my bachelor's in, in it and that's cool. with this, yeah, and then <laughs> at some point, I, I had a, a colleague called George who was the, in his spare time writing about cricket in England, Okay. The sport of cricket. Yeah. And it, and that kind of showed me that you can do that. That it, I don't know. And it, it, it had never occurred to me that if you're passionate about something, you can write about it and get paid for it and stuff.
0: Yeah. That's not a lesson that people learn is that passion is what gets you the things you want.
1: Right. Yeah. Which is so strange. my friend, George, George DeBell <laughs> told me that by just by writing about cricket while I was working with him. Um, so I started, Every time I went to a concert, I would send a review to Kerrang magazine, and that's basically what happened. They they eventually it got passed around, and the reviews editor gave me an assignment. Um, So
0: cool! Congratulations! And then then it slowly
1: builds, right? So that was '99. That was 1999. It slowly builds to the point where um, you pick up more publications, and this is all freelance. Yeah. Um, And then eventually, you have to make that jump of quitting the day job which in IT at that point was quite well paid so it's like you've got to make that leap right. of, of, of giving all your energy and time to what you'd like to do rather than the easy paycheck and that's eventually what happened and now it all worked out I moved to Detroit eventually and and was the music editor there
0: yeah bag. Yeah, the, the, metro, me, the, the metro times. So cool. That's so cool. I can't believe. Yeah. It. <laughs>
1: and then I and then I spent two years in Colorado and worked for the Westward there. some again similar situation. And yeah,
0: then, I like them too. What made yeah. you move to Colorado? Just the job,
1: or I, it was work. I just followed the work. It dried up a little bit in Detroit, and I'm fortunate that I've even if I'm out of work, I'm never out of work because I can freelance. Right. Yeah. So it always feels like I'm never in dire straits not everyone's that fortunate i know so um yeah i just kept going west colorado wasn't really for for me and my wife it was a little too sanitized and white okay. um so we just we're like multi and stuff so that's right we just kept coming and, and la's great that's LA's cool
0: great. yeah i don't i mean i've only like played denver you know like we haven't spent much time uh in Colorado our drummer's from Colorado but um I know it's beautiful I don't know anything about oh, it's it
1: it's beautiful yeah it's and gorgeous aesthetically
0: but so when you started writing had you or when you started writing your book um had you been to America before
1: yeah I'm on mean, vacations okay. yeah I'd never been I be, so I'd been I'd been to Detroit once classic rock had sent me here this is a whole different time for the industry. They'd sent me yeah. here just to interview a band when the whole garage rock thing was happening. The White Stripes were the biggest band and yeah, yeah. Um, the Dirt Bombs and all those yeah. guys, right? The Sites. So you had all these bands and uh, and they sent me out to interview the next big one in which was called Gold Cash Gold. They okay. split up like a year later. Aww, <laughs> so, but uh, but it was a, it was a time when journalists were being sent across the world to interview so cool. a small yeah. band and put up in a hotel and stuff. That doesn't happen now. Everything now is Zoom and yeah. phone calls. so uh
0: totally, yeah. That, so you so okay. So you had been to Detroit, and did you like when you got there? Were you like, this is mecca? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I'm rem- I'm reminded in hindsight that um, when, when you when you when you sent to a place and the record label and the managers and stuff are schmoozing you and stuff it's different to when you live there right and yeah. eventually live there. but still having said that it was people told me how terrible Detroit was and what an awful shite hole and violent and bloody but and that wasn't what I saw at all it was a really yeah. cool trip and when I lived there to be fair that wasn't what I saw either Detroit's yeah. a really really fun vibrant town
0: yeah no it's like totally. It's one of my most favorite places in the world and one of our favorite places. And yeah, just playing like, like all the people we play like third man, uh, cassette corridor. And just that's like, you know, that's like our, our, our brothers. Um, So it's just, yeah, I love Detroit. I love that. Everything, the whole history that I mean, Motor City, and it's just so cool. Like, it's just, it's when I think America was cool. And um, I have like a or like when we started the band like this is such unimportant minutia but when we started the band like and I started playing guitar like I had like an American flag uh uh guitar strap you know for MC5 like now I'm kind of like oh maybe I shouldn't wear it <laughs> I know. it's sort of like I kind of have just had it this whole time and I'm like I don't know like Wayne Kramer's cool but so exactly. did you were you at, did you get to see the, uh, like, MC50 shows? The-
1: you know, I, I, I did see the MC50. I saw a lot of the, before that, when they did the DKT MC5 okay. stuff. Cool. I saw a lot of them with, um, a variety, like, Mark Arm was there, and then Lisa cool. from the Bell rays, Lisa Kekula, is it? Handsome Dick from the Dictators. I, I saw them with about six different singers. Um, and I'm really glad I saw them before Mike died.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's it's always that thing of whenever bands reunite and they're missing key members, so it's the New York Dolls, the Dead Boys, The Doors, or whoever it is. Yeah. And then I see I saw like The Doors with Ian Asbury, for example, and then people are like, "That's ah, not the Doors." And of course, it's not the Doors. But it's yeah. Now now that Ray Manzarek is gone, I'm really glad that I saw The Doors. Play "Light My Fire" with Ray playing the keys. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. And I
1: and now imagine. they and, and now they're gone. <laughs> you know, and New York Dolls are the same. Sylvain just died, right? Yeah. With the Dolls. Like I'm so glad I saw them, even without Johnny Thunders. So I'm too young to have seen them with Johnny Thunders. So I'm really relieved that I saw the Dolls with Sylvain because now yeah. he's gone. So it's the same with the MC5 and Mike. You know, eventually, they all go, and and then it's like, what did you get by being pure about the? about not seeing that lineup, you know? Totally. I,
0: I understand that. And I feel that way about most things. But, like, when I saw I saw MC50 or whatever, it's kind of hard to say that, but uh, they had, like, a warm-up show here in L.A. Um, and, like, just hearing Wayne Kramer play live, like, his right. guitar actually playing, like, I was just, like... Like I, you know, like I couldn't even, it was just like, I couldn't even talk now about it. It was just so (sighs) fucking cool. Sorry, but I mean, his guitar live. And then when he played Looking At You, that solo, I was just like, oh, like I I almost felt like my body was going to jump out of my mouth. Like just the most exciting. That's my favorite solo of all time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, And it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um. But so that's so cool. So it was I mean, I guess, is there anything, any like tidbits or stories that you can tell that you were shocked to learn about um, when writing either one of the books about the Stooges or Detroit or, you know, the politics? or Because I think most people yeah. don't really, you know, like really know that. Much, you know, like the '60s, you know, New York, you know, LA, but it's like Detroit was just as important, um, right? And was there any yeah.
1: like
0: tidbits you can share that you were like really shocked by? <laughs> I,
1: I can't think of anything that was massively shocking offhand. It, it it always makes me laugh when I when I occasionally skim it or re, relive it and and look at the. Um, So back then, of course, the Black Panther Party had their uh, agenda, right? They had their 10-point program. And so when the MC5 and John Sinclair and that whole group set up the White Panther Party, which nowadays sounds really dubious, the White Panther, it sounds white supremacist, but of course it wasn't. It was supposed to be their sister group to the Black Panthers. So when they set up the White Panther Party and they had um, their own 10-point program, and when you read it, it sounds it, – it, I think at the time they, they felt very important and, yeah. and cool putting it together, but it's so ridiculous <laughs> like yeah. what, they were, what they were asking for. Like free every prisoner, zero, without exception, now. Like whoever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Just think, it, it, it sounds like when I was – 15.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And I was
1: writing my in my teenage agenda against yeah. my parents or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah, that's this true. is what it should be.
1: Yeah, that was funny. But the, my favorite part of it was that um when I was when I was writing the Stooges book and I wrote it in England and then I put it out in the States as a second edition. And in between the editions, Ronnie Ashton had died. And then I got to speak to Scotty Ashton, his brother, who yeah. has who has since died, but was yeah. alive then, about Ronnie and um, about the fact that the Stooges had gotten into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they got back together with James Williamson, yeah, to do the raw power songs again. Um, and Scotty was really conflicted about it because he he knew that Scott and James were. Not particularly friendly, and sorry, Ron and James were not particularly yeah. friendly. And he knew that his brother wouldn't. I mean, he basically told me, "Out, Ron would hate this. I don't, I don't really like doing it." But I've got what have what have I got if not my band?
0: Yeah, it was a, totally. fast, it
1: was a really, really sad and interesting conversation. And then Scott, Scott was gone within weeks of me having that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was moving. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't talk a lot. Scott wasn't like Iggy at all. He didn't talk a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so uh to, so to get something so emotional out of him felt important and to yeah, get it down on that's paper. So
0: cool and it's it's so weird, like the dynamics of a band and how long certain feelings can last and you know, like uh, anger and all of that stuff. Um I'm sure right. I'm sure that. He wouldn't be upset I'm sure he'd want his brother to be happy you know I think
1: I think he'd be glad for his brother I think he just yeah. would, would have would have had a nasty taste about the idea it, it is funny because of course Iggy had an amazing solo career but they didn't you know they they tried a yeah. couple of bands tried a couple of bands that just landed flat um and then they just kept living with the, their mom until the Stooges reunited in what yeah. was that two, 2003 or something I can't remember exactly yeah but whenever it was, when the Stooges reunited, that was the Ashton's lift up again, because until then they'd been living very, very you know, humble lives.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think it's, well, it's probably, it's sad in some ways, it's also beautiful and so sweet. And like part of why they're so lovable, like, you know, it's just, it, just such lovable, kind, cute people. Um, and it it is kind of a sad story but it's also like it's so pure that's what rock and roll is is like you know and like when iggy brought them back he was just like yeah i just i wanted to play with them and that's so right. cool you know
1: and then the, and then the headlining <laughs> festival so you go from being being kind of bitter about having your band ripped away for decades and then you're headlining Glastonbury in England, like these huge yeah. festivals. Yeah. And, and around the world. And same the same thing happened with Arthur Kane, right? From The Dolls. Yeah. Who had been working as a librarian in a Quaker library or something. Yeah. And that whole the whole movie. And then he the, the dolls got back together because of Morrissey, of all things. And and then they played that festival. And then he was dead within two weeks. So he got he got like that huge hurrah, yeah. goodbye. And then he then he was gone. Arthur Kane. The, 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 yeah, rock and roll is unforgiving, but uh
0: yeah. Occasionally,
1: occasionally beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, it's weird how these people, like, to, I mean, the Ashtons must have known how beloved they were, you know, like, and, and it's weird to think, because as a fan, you're like, you don't have the, like, you love James Williamson. You love, you know, you love all of them. And it's like, right. you have your favorites, but it's like, um, I just wonder, you know, yeah, like all of the dolls, like every, all of those guys, like, do they know how many lives they've changed and they're gonna keep you know like I hope they know yeah it's just like it's it's funny isn't it it's changed
1: I think people can tell them that occasionally and they'll bump into people in bars but it's it rings hollow when they're driving a cab in New York for a living or you know what I mean they can't make rent they can't make rent and it's like you know you've touched so many lives like great (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah totally no that's I mean I guess it's true I guess it's I I guess you don't do it for those reasons. So it doesn't like when it's good, it's good because you're doing what you love. And when it's bad, you're not doing what you love. So everything sucks. So I guess it's, it's a, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one. You would,
1: you would, you would know way better than me. I'm, I'm an outsider documenting, but you live it. I, I, I can't play anything. I've tried. (laughs) Yeah,
0: You've tried. What have you tried to play?
1: Oh, guitar. I've been learning guitar for 30 years. I cool. can't get I can't get I can't get near it. Like I, I just can't get my head around it. So uh, so I just keep writing.
0: Yeah. Well no, I mean I I'm I'm a terrible writer, I think. I, I hate editing. I doubt that. Like there's nothing I detest more than editing stuff. I like to do something once and then never ever again. Um, so I could not do that. Hi everybody. If you like this podcast or just like being nice, please go subscribe, like, and save this episode. If you like being really, really, really nice, go check out our Patreon page. There you will find a veritable breeding ground for cool and secret podcasts and Death Valley Girls content. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Where are you from in England?
1: Oh, okay. So I was, um, again, I'm an all over. I've never okay. stayed in one place, but I was born in uh, Manchester. Oh, and lived, cool. but but lived in Cheshire, which is between Manchester and Liverpool, for like three years. But most of my young life with my parents, I was in Birmingham, right in the middle. Yeah. So black, 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 Sabbath country.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> yes, the best. And then
1: when I and then when I flew the nest, yeah, I uh, I lived in London until I moved to the states.
0: Okay, but I know this doesn't matter, or, and maybe it's even mean. I don't know, but you kind of have like a northern accent. Is that? Right? No, I
1: mean, that's, that, that's fair. I, okay, I don't been,
0: know. Like, I just feel like I kind of want to th- know those things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know anymore because I've lived in so many different places and I've been in the States now for what, 13 years?
0: Yeah. Is it's, that, is crazy. That, would you say like accents there is um, similar to accents here in the way where it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's not, you're not supposed to talk about it or something is it rude to be no. like or are, are, are people uptight about like their accents there you know no i would
1: i, would, I wouldn't say that it, it, it is weirder that like liverpool and manchester for example are 35 miles away yeah and yet the accent is to my ears at least massively different yeah it's completely different 35 miles in the states is nothing right it's like yeah. it, it's down <laughs> the street yeah so, that's uh, so
0: interesting Wow. Yeah,
1: so it's all down to where like people, like the, the Irish settlements of people in right. in, in, in Manchester and, and Liverpool and the Welsh. So you get that combination of Celtic accents. I, 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 I'm not an expert at all, but it, I don't think people are at all sensitive about it. People will okay. make fun of each other's accents at work and not think okay. twice about just, it. Just, yeah. just
0: everything, you know, like just wanting to be sensitive Uh, to people's feelings I was like oh I should ask you if it's like not chill to be like hey are you from
1: (laughs) I haven't been there for 13 years I it could have completely changed like so many things have well not lived I mean I've I've only yeah I've only visited so um it could have completely changed like so much else in the world of things that now people are a little more um sensitive about
0: yeah that's just what yeah maybe maybe best I'll just err on the side of caution and just not ask again um but well so I would like to ask you uh for fun um have you ever had a paranormal or supernatural or unexplained event happen
1: I don't think so okay I don't think so I say that because I don't think so i like yeah. i've had i've had i've had uh I've had times when things feel weird or yeah. I've moved into a new house and I I moved into a new house in London and uh, I, I was there by myself initially and I woke up to a child giggling in my ear, which is never a good sound. And then I, and then I woke up and, and there was nobody there and uh, obviously nobody else lived there. And I just thought I, that was a dream. Yeah, and then afterwards I was like, it was really vivid. But the, the strange thing is, I lived there for like ten years, close to, and um, and never nothing else ever happened again. So I'm pretty sure it was a dream. I I in in all of this, I always I always think. So I, I'm religious-wise to take a left turn. I'm an agnostic. Oh. Yeah,
0: cool.
1: and, and and I I call myself an agnostic just because I'm I'm mostly I think I'm an eighty percent atheist, but I just like to. Leave a little wiggle room. And, yeah, and not, have a not, little fun.
0: With, yeah,
1: exactly. Like if, it, yeah, like because I just I think some things are bigger than me. I think most things are bigger than me. So um I like to say that I don't know. It's okay to say you don't know. It's not right. the comedian Jim Jeffries <laughs> was recently uh, on TV saying that he hates ag- he hates agnostics because he, he just wishes they would make a decision. And he, he was making a joke and it was funny. Yeah but I'm not trying to sit on the fence. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm okay saying I don't know about yeah. most things. So that's true of religion. And it's, and it's definitely true of, um, of anything paranormal aliens. I, I like to be, a, I like to have fun. The world's boring. If they drained, <laughs> if they drained Loch Ness and found nothing, I would be so sad. So I hope they never, I hope they never drain it. You know what but, I
0: mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think, I think that that's a totally fair, healthy, and fun way to be. I think I I don't think um, feeling like you have the answers does uh, that much good, you know. Like for anyone, (laughs) no,
1: because because people are usually wrong. Like scientists are (laughs) so wrong. I'm not 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 about not about the things that we're talking about. Like not about vaccines. They're right about that. Be clear, but they're often wrong about the big questions and, like, you know, the, what they what they think or how big they think the universe is and things like this. Like, yeah. they're wrong. They're wrong, not through no any fault of their own. It's just because constant discovery, right? Yeah, discovery is wonderful, awesome. So uh, I like to think. I think like there's got to be aliens. There's got to be aliens because it's so huge, and I'm not even talking about necessarily sentient. But there's got to be a bug somewhere, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: There are. Like there's, there's, there are bugs that live or shrimpy sort of thing. Shrimp li- that live in pure sulfur in the ocean. Like the yeah. environments, the environment burns our skin if we touch it, but there's things that live yeah, in there. Totally. So then, so there's got to be a bug somewhere in the infinite universe. If yeah. not, I said, maybe the sentient, I'm not close to that, but there's got to be a bug. So that would be an alien. A bug would be an alien.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree with that a hundred percent. There is like, yeah, that like lake of acid somewhere, um, I think in like the, I don't know, somewhere that's a desert environment in the Middle East, I believe. And they are like, right. they found, yeah, like little organisms that live there. Where right. They,
1: or they'll drill miles into the ice in the, and then and they'll pull it up and they'll find something that was alive in there, like a little one yeah. single-celled organism or something. Yeah. Like if, if things can survive in those extreme environments, then well, I don't see why.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. That's so weird. Yeah, that defies all of our normal logic about what is the definition of living or I think, right? It's like- I don't know. That's not because
1: people get so hung up on ET and, or, or, you know, there being little things walking around. Like, I just, I just, I would be happy. I would be happy with water. First of all, I'd be happy with water. If they find water somewhere, I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. And then, and then uh, from there, like, yeah, I I can only imagine there's got to be a bug or a little sea monkey somewhere.
0: Yeah. Oh, can I tell you something that might make you feel good? (laughs) Sure. Um, Is that so? I've been like pretty stressed out about, um, it's like, you know, like things like Space Force, and just like, man, we're wasting all this money, like going to space when people need money here. What the fuck? All this stuff. Um, but I found out that actually, um, we're only like, we only pay about $9 a year in taxes to uh, like NASA and Space Force and stuff. So I don't know if that's something that's been stressing you out, but it's like, <laughs> it a, really
1: hasn't. I wouldn't okay. mind paying a bit more. I don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> like a space force that whole Trump nonsense that was silly but now NASA can have what they want out of my taxes I don't care they they do they do good work
0: (laughs) yeah no I agree I, I I agree I just was like yeah feeling like I there people people need I have a you know peace on earth first is our sort of slogan um and uh but And so I just worry about it. And I was like, gonna make some, you're gonna make like some shirts that say like, leave Mars alone and like all this other stuff. And I was like, gonna like start this like campaign, you know? And then I found out that we only spend $9 a year. And I was like, that seems fair, like to for outer space. I mean, I wish we could, I think I already talked about this, but I wish we could spend that much money, like exploring the sea. Cause that's so vast and unknown. Um, And I wish we could, like, I don't really know how it works, but I wish we could also, like, choose a cool thing we're into, like, life after, or, like, near-death experience research, you know? It's like if we could spend, like, I don't know, like, $100 a year, nine to NASA, you know, nine nine, uh, to other things, that'd be cool. Um, But I I just, I didn't know if you worried about that, and I just wanted to share the good news uh, that that were, you know, that it's not a, it's not so like, I thought it maybe it was like thousand bucks a year for NASA, you know, not that's too much, but it's. Too, yeah. That's yeah. too much. Nine's good. Yeah. So have you, um, I mean, so you've been doing um, over this coronavirus, you've been doing, has that, was that since you've been doing the, your favorite gig? Has, was that just in the last, or was that
1: before? I, th- I think I was doing it a little before. Okay. Every, so even, yeah, but it really, the, the beautiful thing about those those kind of columns is that, um, so our, our during the coronavirus, for obvious reasons, our advertisers weren't advertising. It makes complete sense that bars that weren't able to open weren't advertising in the LA Weekly. Oh,
0: is that um, a big part of your advertising?
1: At is, bars, venues, restaurants. Yeah, that so sort of thing.
0: They pay for that. I didn't, for some reason, I just thought that that's, that's funny. I didn't know that. I'm so naive, but okay. Well, no.
1: So, so if, if we're, if obviously there's a separation between church and state in that if we're writing about a restaurant, if our food editor is writing about a restaurant, if our culture editor, Lena, is writing about a bar, that's not paid for. I
0: love her. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, the, but those, yeah. how in but the ads,
1: like, the adverts, yeah.
0: Times or Village Voice, it's like, they're
1: paying to put the shows up. right? Well, yeah, I things like that. I didn't realize
0: that. That's so yeah. I should know that. That's, so that's
1: my job. It's a, it, it being a free publication, that's where the income comes from is is advertising. So, And when, during the coronavirus, nobody could be open and that dries up. So the first thing to go is freelance budget. So all of the editors were writing all of the content by ourselves, which I'm not complaining about any of this. More important things were happening in the world. So, um the the things the columns like uh, the best gig I ever saw my favorite yeah. album allows me to uh, send a, a request of a musician and they just send it back to me and it's and it's pretty much done it's it's, oh, that's it's cool. a cheat yeah. it's a cheat <laughs> it's a bit of a cheat but um but a valuable one uh, the, those columns end up being really popular
0: yeah I love those and cool yeah those are so good can you tell me what your your choice would be
1: for your best gig, the best gig I ever saw. So, so there was, it, it, it's a bit of a cheat, but there was there was a <laughs> festival in there was a festival in England called Phoenix Festival in uh-huh. the mid nineties, and the nineteen ninety six Phoenix Festival is the bar that all festivals are judged on for me. It was, okay. it was the most ridiculous lineup of the just the four headliners were um, Bowie, Neil Young, and Crazy Horse. York and the Sex Pistols. So that was like just the four main stage headliners. Yep. That was, I would have paid it just for those four like yeah. cuz they were all all on top of their game. Bowie had just released Earthling, I think it was amazing. I That's love that so album. Cool.
0: I never saw Bowie.
1: No. It's just, so good. And Neil Young Neil Young had just got back with Crazy Horse.
0: So cool.
1: Um Bjork had just released the second album, *Post*, I think, so *Hyperballad* and all those great songs. Pistols had just reformed, so it was amazing. And then, and then people like I don't know, like Alanis Morissette had just released *Jagged Little Pill* in the '90s, like it was. She was on top of the world. Foo Fighters had just formed, so that was like a thrill to see Dave back on stage with Pat Smear. Right. Um, yeah, Pat smear is so cool. So cool. Skunk and Nancy are an amazing British band. They were there. Manic Street Preachers. It just the lineup was Massive Attack. The lineup was Cypress Hill. The lineup was crazy. Yeah, that's and, sounds- uh, and so, the, and and the weather was in England. You can never, you know, don't know what's going to happen with yeah. weather. It was it was stunning for four days. So. Oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, camping with my buddies and getting inebriated and. <laughs> Staying up all night and waking up and drinking, but things you can only do when you're in your tw- early 20s, yeah. late teens. So, um, 96, 96, I was 21. Yeah, it was so cool. Perfect. Perfect. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I I wouldn't want to answer this, but or I actually wouldn't mind, but do you have a favorite record?
1: I do actually. It, and it's, I don't know if you're familiar, there's an English band called The Wild Hearts. Okay, I don't know them. I, 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 anybody who ever listens to this? All listen right. to the Wild Hearts. The, the Wild Hearts. It's okay. all one word, all one word. The Wild Hearts, and it's it's my favorite band. And their debut is called Earth versus the Wild Hearts, and it's my favorite okay. album. It's, and it's just everything I love about music. All, well, all the, um, anthemic kind of cheap trick power pop. Cool. And all the filthy, filthy just metal riffs and, and punk and Ramones and all that quirky Amazing. melody and s- a little bit sleazy and that appetite for destruction sort of way that I like it. Yeah, it's just just the amalgamation of everything.
0: That's so The cool Wild Hearts. And sure. they're still
1: going. The Wild Hearts still going now. Uh, apparently, they're not allowed to, even pre-pandemic, they're not allowed to play the States because the singer Ginger got into a fight in the States. And really? So they're not allowed to play yet. But um, so. hopefully that'll get cleared up.
0: That is so weird. I don't, just because I'm from here, I don't, I didn't realize the ridiculous rules for playing here or how long it takes. Like, I was talking when we were in Canada, like, I was talking to a band there and they were like, yeah, it takes six months to get a visa uh, to play here. And I was like, we don't plan six months out. That's insane. Like, every band that comes here has to do that. That's like, why crazy. is it, it doesn't make any sense for...
1: And even then, it's not guaranteed. You could get a band of four people and one person is denied the visa and everybody else has already, already paid for the tickets. Then it just puts the whole thing in a mess. I don't
0: like it. When, <laughs> when I'm president, that's the first thing I'm going to change. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would never, ever want to ever do any job like that. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, uh. So... So that's what's happening. So, what other, like, is there? I guess stuff is starting to open. Is that going to change the paper at all?
1: I don't know if it's going to change the paper. It's going to change me. I'm really happy. I've been. Okay. <laughs> have you been missing it? I've been missing concerts like like a limb. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know if you feel that way. I'm. I'm really excited. I so. Did, I just got my second shot two weeks ago. Hey, tomorrow. Congratulations. Two, thank you. Two weeks tomorrow. So t- so officially You're all tomorrow. Good. Tomorrow I'm vaccinated fully, apparently. So on Saturday, this coming Saturday, I'm going to go to a, a show in Anaheim, a drive-in electronic cool. thing, a French producer called Closy. It's the first thing I've seen since I saw Lydia Lunch a year ago. Oh, at wow. The, at the Echo. Like, And it's just the idea is overwhelming, just thinking about going to a concert again. Yeah. I'm, I used to go to 100 a year. No, and I, I, have, yeah. I haven't been to one for a year. It's crazy. It's, so, crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm so psyched about it.
0: I feel like I I I don't know. I I think concert, although we're also like bands also go to concerts, obviously we're not like robots that turn off after we play, but I feel like a lot of people, that was like their thing, was like going to concerts. That's you know, like that was their thing I almost feel like that's more important than playing like so, like my friends that are suffering from not seeing concerts I feel like are suffering more than me I don't know why like I think maybe I've just pushed it back so far because I'm just like you know it's just I there is no time when it's like I I don't know when we're gonna do our job again but yeah I feel bad for you guys because it's You know, that's, I mean, I guess everyone, it's like people, everything that people loved was taken away. Like everybody, like going out to restaurants, if that's how you connect or bars or, you know, it's like not most people don't just chill in their home all the time. So this is like, everybody had something taken away, but I feel like the people that lived off of concerts, like there's no replacement for that, so
1: there's nothing the um the the live streamed events were nice but it was it's just not the same thing when you're sat in your house you could i like the smell and the the filth and
0: yeah well also yeah we had to pay for most people had to pay for their own live stream so it was like paying for your concert so people can pay you back right concert it's like which is funny strange thing yeah it finally got to the point where it's like oh this job is kind of ridiculous like we have to tour to make money. Like we got to figure something else out. But yeah, what do you think actually as a music consumer, like a a huge consumer of music, like you probably listen to every single kind of music. Like, do you think there's gonna be a solution to this epidemic of like, of the way music is consumed? Like, and what I mean is that, um, you know, just, uh, Spotify and all these things. It's like Netflix, like all of the shows on Netflix, those people got paid to be in those shows. So it doesn't really matter if it's streaming for free, but music, you don't get paid.
1: Uh, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. If, I mean, it's, it's, it's the big question, isn't it? It's like, it, yeah. and it's been going on for a while and everyone gave, I always say this, everyone gave Lars from Metallica so much abuse when he pulled up Napster Back in the day, yeah. what was that? Twenty years ago or something? Yeah, and he yeah. said, "This this is gonna hurt everyone if we let yeah. this happen." And then the offspring guys were like, "Stop being greedy, Lars." And I was like, yeah. "You know, he might have a point. You might you might live to regret that." And uh, and I think he's he's pretty much been proven like a prophet.
0: Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, totally.
1: Right, <laughs> like, because yeah. now everybody is like, "Holy shit! What, how are we supposed to get paid?" It's and then when the concerts dried up. So it, it reversed, right? Everybody used everybody used to tour in order to promote the album, and then it kind yeah. of reversed after the streaming. Everyone was touring to make money, and the album was promoting the tour. It almost reversed after yeah, the streaming.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. It's...
1: And then the pandemic comes along and dries up the concerts, and you're left with you poor guys are left with nothing. Like I don't know, I don't know how it's going to be fixed. It, it, there's... this. Every band camp and SoundCloud and Spotify seems to um be under fire for not treating their artists right. And that's something that's gotta change, especially when the CEOs are rolling in it. Just <laughs> it seems it seems absolutely awful. So uh and every now and again something will flash up on Facebook where a, a band, a well-known band, will will show me their um their royalty check from soundcloud for a year's worth of streams and it'll be like 10 cents you know what i'm saying
0: yeah it's crazy crazy i mean i know yeah even people i know that have had like 50 million streams of stuff it's like that's like thirty thousand dollars, and then you split that five way i mean it's pretty it's it's way worse than you could even imagine but i just i yeah i wonder like what's the way out of it i don't i guess i don't know what the
1: way out is <laughs> yeah it's how, how do because nobody wants to pay the the the, the um and I, i'm coming to this from a position of privilege because i'm a journalist and i get everything free and i and that and i know that but so the the av the, the average paying customer for music um doesn't want to doesn't want to pay anymore they don't it's and it's a it's like a it's it is privilege because they they don't feel like they should they don't they Young people in their twenties have never had to pay for music, so the idea of paying for music is so surreal. Oh, Whereas yeah, we, we, we all remember going through, you know, music bins and saving up our allowance or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Saving, saving up my allowance to buy that Duran Duran album. Yeah, you
0: know, yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah, no, it is. So, it's actually a really expensive habit the way that we used to do it. I mean, like, yeah, having like a thousand records. I mean. I don't know how I accumulated that much. Like, I don't even know where that money. Like, how did I make that much money? I have no idea. I don't know. But, oh, I guess I have one more question for you. Just um, out of curiosity, is uh, <laughs> which all questions are. But um, how did you like? What was your musical um, like childhood like? Like, how did you how did you find out about music and um, how did you get into it? Um,
1: I don't know. How do we get into music? I think from TV shows. Like in England, Top of the Pops was a big TV okay. show. I I know my favorite, my first favorite artist was Adamant. Cool. Um, because I was when you were a kid, um, or certainly when I was a kid, it, it was all about um, Batman and stuff, and uh, the sixties Batman show and Zorro yeah. and the Lone Ranger. When I saw Adamant, I didn't even hear the music necessarily but he just so comfortably fit into the world I was already inhabiting just his clothes and yeah. his style and the Highwayman, and the and you know the whole Prince Charming thing and so I was into I, was, I had a man and then and then on top of that his music's so easy to listen to and like yeah it's so fun and catchy and just just fun so uh I, I was into Adamant before I was in school I think oh, okay. um just posters and pins and stuff Duran Duran was next Duran Duran was and and I think that was just I don't know why that was just because the the look of those guys as well it was just easy music so um yeah Duran Duran and Man, and then Queen cool I think there's a pretty um linear progression right from from those artists to what I like now punk and metal
0: no for sure and thank god for punk and metal and rock and roll but uh, and the Grease
1: movie as well the Grease movie had such a huge impact on me as a kid
0: that's awesome totally that those that it had a huge impact on me too which is funny but that's that's really awesome i mean yeah i
1: mean when you, you can you can analyze it people analyze the Grease movie and and uh, to death now but as a child it's kind of a safe introduction to rock and roll right it, it's, that's so it's, cool uh, it
0: totally yeah. proves that rock and roll is awesome and like yeah. the, we're, we, you're way cooler if you're into rock and roll, <laughs> like that. It's evidence right there. Um, but right. so, so you found. I'm just so you found it through TV. Kind of.
1: I think. I think so. I, like, my parents. My yeah. parents weren't big music people, so okay. they, they recently gave me their vinyl, which was about twenty pieces only. Like they weren't big music people, although there's some cool ones there, like the first Sabbath album and Carpenters and stuff. What? But um, yeah, some That's cool ones.
0: That's cool can' but they imagine. weren't big
1: music people so i yeah. like my, my wife will tell me that her dad took her to see jefferson starship when she was a kid like wow. a little kid i never had anything like that okay. my parents just weren't interested but so I, I pretty much found it by myself which isn't a criticism of them it's just not what they're into so um yeah. so yeah it's like tv top of the pops was a huge tv show in england of just yeah. They'd have life, live performances and videos and stuff. So cool. And it was, and at that point, it, it was like Duran Duran, obviously, but like The Cure, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Culture Club. Yeah. Like the... That, that everybody just looked like a superhero
0: that's so awesome yes yeah, so
1: all, cool. all the makeup and stuff and i'm not even talking then about the 80s hair metal and punk yeah that, that wasn't necessarily in the that
0: charts y- you have the same sort of story as larry he was like watched he saw like kiss on tv and he was just like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever and right like that's the same thing that happened to me just by hearing my, my story is that like just hearing the first black sabbath record i was just like this is music too like this is something I'm allowed to love and I that was that was just like for me
1: that's amazing isn't it that that album is one of the few that my dad did have funny enough and he did that's play so it to me cool. and, and that first when you first hear it that rain and and this comes back to okay. let me let me tell you a little story that isn't yes. slightly slightly related to paranormal so okay. when uh when i was a teen when i was in my late teens and we just started driving and all that kind of thing and uh there was a couple of us a couple of guys um trying to meet a couple of girls as teenagers do in a completely appropriate way but (laughs) (laughs) but what what we did was what we did was we uh we we, near us in england there was an old monastery so we 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 drove (laughs) we drove we drove a friend there in a sheet, who close up, it didn't look like anything scary at all, but a long way away, it was pretty spooky. And we, and we drove in there and then we left him. And then we, we, got a, we met a couple of girls and we said, we're gonna, we're gonna show you somewhere where we think it's haunted. Yes. And we put the put the first Sabbath album on in the car with the rain and then yeah. we drove to the monastery and we're like, can you see something? And then our friend kind of like drifted around the monastery at a distance in this sheet and freaked everyone out and it was really funny
0: that's amazing that's that was i'm gonna clap for that that's an amazing what a fun way to be that like that's a good 16 our
1: friend had to wait there our friend had to wait there for like half an hour for us
0: that's totally worth it back you know back then what was a half hour is nothing um, exactly. that's so cool. Um, I, should add,
1: I should add that we told them very quickly that it was a joke and stuff, but it wasn't.
0: Oh, I think pranks about ghosts is is, is fair game and should be encouraged. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on here. Is there anything you would uh, like to add?
1: No, thank you for having me. It's a real honor. I, I listened to the last one. With, I'm such an Alice Bag fan that I loved yeah. that episode. So it's an honor to be on uh, on the same show.
0: Oh yeah, no, she rules. She and yeah, I guess you. Uh, that's what I was just thinking about you. Is you're so prolific and work so 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 hard, and so does she. Um, I guess I could just ask you: Are do you feel like, um, were you born that way? Like, do you know, or did you, were you taught discipline, or? Um,
1: oh no, I, I'm. My wife would would laugh at that question. Okay. Because, so I'm really disciplined and hardworking if I'm interested and love something. Yeah. And that's, and that's music, right? So, okay. and writing those, those two things.
0: Yeah. If,
1: if I'm not interested in it, like I, I didn't do particularly well at school because I wasn't interested in a lot of the things. So I didn't throw myself into it. Yeah. So if, if Boring. school had been, if, right. So if school had been all <laughs> music and writing, I would have been great, but anything chemistry and so on, whatever. That's hard. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I am really disciplined with, with what I like.
0: Okay. So was it just your birthday? Was it? No, right? February. Yeah. February 21st. Yeah, that's, that's recent.
1: That's, is it? That's it's two months ago, isn't it?
0: It's recent to me. Wait, does that mean you're – do you know what sign you are?
1: I'm Pisces.
0: Cool. Everyone's a Pisces. Okay. Uh, I, this year, for some reason, I every, it was like somebody's birthday or like 10 people's birthday every single – every single day in March in the beginning of March and the end of February it was insane but very good to know just curious because you yeah I'm really inspired by um yeah just like I I read your Wikipedia and it's just like and then he became the like (laughs) you know the
1: I'm I'm slightly embarrassed the Wikipedia was a funny thing so I, I had a, a friend in England who had a fanzine called Bubblegum Slot. It was, she was a female friend had that fanzine. It was it was really fun, rock and roll fanzine. And we were like, we should have a Wikipedia page. You do mine and I'll do yours, that's right? Awesome. <laughs> so that's what that's what happened. And then um, I moved here and we kind of lost contact for a long time and stuff. So my Wikipedia page would be out of date or incorrect after a little while and i had to go in and edit it myself or just leave it there incorrect yeah. so I, I i almost wish i could take it's very hard to take a wikipedia page down once it's up because, oh really <laughs> yeah it's good
0: though i read i mean i read a bunch of stuff that i read a bunch of your actual writing but um i kind of most of the people i've been interviewing don't have a wikipedia page and i was just like oh he's a journalist shit like i got a do some like research, you know, on like whatever, but it's cool. It You look, it makes you look really like you are is like a, a hard worker that writes about the coolest stuff in the world. Well, oh, that's so,
1: good enough then. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: congratulations. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, and thank you for being nice. And thank you for writing those books. Um, you, you've done a good service for the world and we have, we salute you for that.
1: Well, Thank you, Bunny. I'm a huge fan of your band. It was great being on.